Hello, everyone, and welcome to the In Squash podcast on this hot, sunny day here in the UAE. I'm your host, Jerry Gibson. Uh, just a few weeks to go for me before I start uh, my summer vacation, uh, flying back to uh, Halifax, Canada for for a month this summer. Uh, but before uh, before I fly back, I've got quite a few, uh, not quite a few, but I would say two or three podcasts uh, to do. And today is one of them. And this one was uh, one of the more highly anticipated ones, not only by me, but by uh, many of uh, the listeners. Uh, Jamie Maddox from uh, Squash Stories on Facebook joined me today. And uh, we talked about the uh, the creation and uh uh, of squash stories and how that came about. Jamie does not disappoint. Uh, we go into uh, the various cast of characters that frequently contribute to uh, to squash stories. Um, and currently he's uh, in the midst of uh, this fantasy squash uh, world championships with uh, where they choose the five top players in the history of a country creating uh, the world team championship type uh, scenario. And uh, right now, I noticed uh, it's Egypt versus uh, England. <coughs> I uh, submit uh, was it yeah Egypt versus England. I submitted my uh, my scores. I think I had uh, uh, Rami winning that winning winning his match. Um, who was second for Egypt? I think it was Shabana. I think I had him winning. I had uh, Sherbagi winning, and then I had uh, Willstrup and um, Harris winning uh, their matches, with Egypt winning 3-2. But uh, we get into uh, a little debate, which I think uh, was a serious debate on squash stories as well, in terms of um, the choice uh, made for the English team, which could have uh, uh, changed that result, in my opinion. But anyways, that's the kind of stuff that goes on in squash stories. It's a great community to to just uh, talk squash, a great forum for that in many different ways you can talk fantasy squash you can talk uh technical squash you can talk fashion you can uh, go outside the box which uh jamie and the community often do and uh, which uh which uh, can be quite entertaining at times so um anyways i know you're going to enjoy this podcast jamie maddox on the in squash podcast today enjoy all right. Well, welcome to uh, episode uh, 37 of the In Squash podcast. And today, uh, I'm really happy to have on the podcast, maybe uh, I, I would have to say, uh, one of the most uh, asked for uh, podcast guests that, that I have. And I managed to uh, to persuade him to come on. Uh, he's the creator and administrator of uh, Squash Stories on Facebook, which has a close, I think, well o- or close to a 10,000 uh, members as we speak. Yeah, yeah. And a uh, very good player uh, himself, uh, Jamie Maddox. Thanks for coming on. Thank you, Jerry. It's a pleasure to, uh, to come on. I've always wondered what a podcast was. So yeah, here it is. Here it is. Here it is. And uh, before we get started, I just want to say uh, thanks for uh, supporting uh, the In Squash podcast. Uh, I, I, I post up the uh, podcast on Squash Stories every time, uh, and you're always uh, there to share it and, and like it. So uh, thanks for that. Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of the squad, the uh, the podcast um, that you've had up so far. Um, I think it's a really good way of doing things and letting the squash community know what's going on uh, from an inside uh, perspective. So yeah, great stuff. 
Yeah, thanks a lot. And uh, real uh, uh, squash stories is great as well. Uh, I think a lot of people really enjoy uh, whether it's reading or contributing. Uh, there's there seems to be uh, a lot that goes on uh, a lot with regard to all aspects uh, of squash and the squash yeah. in the game. Uh, but bef- before we get into that, I noticed. Um, a few weeks back, I think it was your wife uh, who posted a video of you uh, back on the squash court after having a knee surgery. So uh, just wondering how how that's coming along and uh, how your squash is uh, progressing these days. Yeah, um, it's the second time I've had an arthroscopy, which is um, removal of some of the cartilage in the knee joints. And um, it's not great, to be honest, but um, I should be back playing, I would have thought, in a few weeks' time. But um, I've also got arthritis in both knees, so I think the very best it's going to be is still pretty pretty dodgy. But we, as squash players, find it difficult to leave the game alone, and, uh, and that's, <laughs> that's where I am at the moment. So yeah. hopefully I'll be playing in the Masters again soon, which should be good. Are you playing in the uh, over 50s? Or? Yeah, 53 last week, so um, okay. I'm actually probably one of the the elder competitors in the over 50 so i might just set my sights on the over 55 in two years time. <laughs> yeah i'm uh, i'll be starting uh, in over 50 this year and I, I haven't really played in many masters events i played in an over 40 yeah. event in asia a few years ago uh and i did pretty well in that one but i haven't played yeah since then uh, and i had a buddy of mine on recently uh the last podcast and he was telling me that it's all about movement in the masters if you're able to uh to move yeah. to the front and back of the court then that that's, yeah. that's a huge part of it i think it is i mean it's it's uh, you can be as skillful as anybody but there is a certain element of movement and if you can't get about the court you're not going to do too well particularly in the masters so um yeah i'm looking to get some mobility back and then if i can get some kind of fitness then i'm going to compete as simple as that yeah, exactly. Fitness is key and movement is key. And then if you've been playing for as long as I assume you have and yeah. I have, uh, then the racket uh, takes care of itself. As long as you're fit, you know what you can do. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I've been playing since 86. When did you start, Jerry? I start, uh, it would have been just around that time too. And I was in middle yeah. school, so it would have been 84, 85, right around that time. So uh, good yeah. days back then. Absolutely, yeah. The halcyon days, in my opinion. Um, I started playing squash and became really interested in the pro uh, game at the same time. So I was watching the top guys more or less straight away. And uh, yeah, I don't think there's going to be a time again, to be honest, uh, that was as strong as the time when the two JKs were ruling the roost. Oh, for sure. Yeah, we'll get we'll get into that in a bit because uh, yeah. there's been a lot of uh, a lot of stuff on uh, squash stories with regard to the the Khan clan and even uh, Hashim yeah. uh, uh, is in the, in the conversation as well. Someone who uh, probably we don't appreciate enough for what uh, for his skill level. I, I really didn't get to see him play, but uh, obviously he's not. There's no video footage of him uh, out there, really. Yeah, yeah, it's very difficult. I mean, we, every time we do a fantasy comp, you know, we get quite rightly people come on and say, uh, you know, it's unrealistic and we, we're not prepared to, to give a, a view on it. But I think, I think the top and bottom of it is that what we should try and, try and think of is if all those players had been born in the same, you know, in, in the modern times and they were all at the peak of their sort of, uh, you know, the peak of their abilities, they're all using the same rackets, they've all had the sort of, 
you know, access to the same training facilities. Who, you know, are any of those players? Would they still be really, really special in today's game? And I think that's the the thing that we have to try and imagine. And it's quite good. Um, it's been it's proved, you know, it's proved to be pretty popular so far. Oh yeah, for sure. I've got, I've got some. Uh, I'd like to talk about that a little bit uh, further on here. I've got some. Uh, I have some queries uh, as regards the fantasy teams that were picked, but I'm sure you'll yeah. back up your. Uh, well, it, it's all supported by the the community, I guess. But we'll we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, now, uh, how long is uh, in terms of squash stories itself? Uh, when did it get its start, uh, Jamie? Um, well, I was thinking about that earlier on. I can't really remember. I think it was about five or six years ago when I was playing around with Facebook and I realized you could create groups. I think that's when I started it. Um, and it literally had sort of 10 members um, for about six months. And it was just really, I just wanted, you know, anyone who's been playing squash for a long time has got some stories to tell. A couple of bizarre incidents that happened to me. I just felt I needed to I needed to, um, I needed to let people know. And it was handy because a good friend of mine, Nick Taylor, I'm sure everybody's heard of, yeah. uh, was also a member. And that kind of drew in a few more credible people who didn't know who I was to start with. And then it's kind of snowballed since then. And uh, I got a message. I think the membership was probably around about 1,000, that's all. And I got a, a, a private message from Rob Owen. Um, and he was sort of really supportive and saying, you know, he'd, he'd been reading it and he thought it was a great idea. He liked the sort of content and he liked what was going on. And he then, uh, I think he then contacted some of all his Australian legendary friends like Michelle Martin and Rob Martin and, and they came aboard. So right. thanks again, Rob, because I think that really kind of kick-started it um, on the world stage. So, um, yeah, that's how that happened. Right. Now, now you've got close to 10,000 in, in the community. And uh, what, what sort of, what was your um, intention from the beginning just to get people to, uh, to tell uh, great squash stories? Uh, is that basically what was? Being truthful, Jerry, I don't really know. It's kind of, it's kind of shaped, it's kind it's of shaped itself, really. Yeah, well, it's, yeah, it's kind of shaped itself, and yeah. it is what it is. I know that's a cliche, and it's not very helpful, but it's kind of, that's, that's what it is. It's being that's shaped the by the members. Yeah. I think so, yeah. I think it is. Um, so, yeah, we'll just see where it goes, really. Yeah, for sure. Now, um uh, I'd like to talk a little bit. Uh, one, of, one of the things that I've noticed, uh, uh, probably everyone who is a member of uh, Squash Stories uh, in the community has noticed, is uh, your admiration for uh, Mohamed El Sherbagi and perhaps, he, uh, I guess, also Marwan, but Mohamed in particular. Uh, your admiration for him is uh, famously unwavering. I thought I wasn't quite sure if it was real or uh, if you were joking. I've got no idea what you're talking about, Jerry. Admiration. <laughs> <laughs> No, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean... Tell, tell us about, what, what is, uh, uh, with regard to MES, uh, uh, set the story straight. Do you want the full story, Jerry? Sure. We've got time. Yeah. Okay, well, it's kind of, it's caught me by surprise, if I'm being honest. It probably started at the Manchester Grand Prix at, uh, in, I think it was about four years ago. We went to see, and I think he played James Wilstrop um, in the semi-final. And he came off court afterwards and, and basically his interview really impressed me. You know, he was talking about, he beat James and James had just had his child, I think. And so he was a father for the first time. And, you know, instead of sort of reveling in his victory, he, he paid homage to James actually turning out and playing as well as he did, bearing in mind what had gone on. And I just thought that was really, really nice. So I started supporting him 
started watching him on squash TV and uh, everything about the guy is just, um, you know, I see a bit of myself in him in some ways. He's got the heart of a lion, like you yeah. sort of mentioned in that recent interview. And I just think everything, everything he gets bad press, um, which I think is, is, comes with the territory, really. But um, I do think some of it's, t you know, it's, t it's over the top. But um, I just love the way he plays. And, um, yeah, and Marwan as well, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, we could talk about Marwan. I mean, Mar where's Marwan's he come such from? Skill, such a skilled guy with the racket, isn't he? Oh, gosh. I mean, this last year, I mean, I kind of did predict it, I have to say. Um, but he's, I think he's taken most people by surprise coming up to three in the world. And it really is now a realistic pro proposition that we could have two brothers at one and two in the world, which is absolutely unique, which I would love to see happen this yeah. year which you know well, so we'll uh, see. Know, the way the egyptians are going this, this is bound to happen right i mean you've got husband wife mm. brothers maybe kids auntie grandmas who, yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> who knows what's gonna happen yeah yeah but uh, uh as you know the the super series uh just finished up here in dubai and uh somehow uh, this knucklehead with the microphone managed to get a uh uh, media pass and I, I got into the media uh, room and had the opportunity to interview a few guys but before they the players all came in on the media day well they they all came in and then uh shore baggy kind of came in and the energy that he the, the energy that he had was just so yeah uh, palpable you know uh, uh he and and in a good way right he just came in and, yeah uh, you could just tell uh, he he was the man Absolutely. I think, I think that's just something that happens when you've achieved what he's achieved. I don't think he, it's a deliberate thing. It's just no, that, he, he that aura very, is created. Yeah. Very respectful. But at the same time, you know, he, he's number one in the world. It'd be like Roger Federer walking into the room, you know? Sure. He, sure. Sure. Changed. Yeah. Yeah. Charisma. Charisma. Exactly. He's certainly got that charisma. Um, I've actually only met him once face to face. We had a great big hug in front of the whole crowd at the British Open just as he came off court okay. um, after beating Paul Cole. So if anybody wants to know, I've actually met him. Yes, it is just the one time, but we are, we are friends. Does he, uh, does, is he privy to the squash stories? Uh, uh, what, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to say too much about it. Let's just say pops in now and again, um, I think, on squash stories. And um, yeah, Marwan's actually a member. So Marwan, Marwan does, does make an appearance now and again. I don't yeah, I've, seen, I've seen Marwan contribute a little bit. So Yeah, the guys have got incredible sense of humor and they can take it on the chin oh, when yeah. they're getting all the slack. I think they do find it funny and actually use... They use it, I think, to, um, to to motivate themselves even more, which is dangerous for everybody else. <laughs> so yeah, well, I, I mean, uh, having been there for the uh, for the event in in the best two of, best of three format, uh, aside from perhaps uh, Miguel Rodriguez, who who seems who could potentially thrive in that format, no one uh, is going to touch. Uh, Mohamed El Sherbagi in the best three format. He, when he's when he's uh, playing at that intensity, at his highest level, uh, yeah, it's it's over before it even starts. Yeah, he um, he's definitely a handful. I think er, early doors in in a lot of tournaments. He's kind of like reminds me of a boxer who has trained to to to, to, to box in a certain way and has got all the tactics worked out with the coach. Like yeah, and then, but then when the, but when the bell rings, you know that adrenaline and that sort of aggression comes out, and the kind of game plan disappears for the first game or two, and 
he tends to open the court out a little bit and throws too many boasts in. But as soon as he, he's got his game plan back and he's playing deep and more patient, he's, he is unbeatable at the moment, I think. So it'll be really interesting to see how he goes on this year. But, yeah, it's going to be in, this yeah. year is going to be interesting. We, we can talk about uh, what you see in terms of uh, what's going to happen on the tour this year. Uh, yeah. It, but uh, let, I'd like to talk a little bit about the, uh, the cast of characters, uh, the, the <laughs> squash stories. I mean, it, it just seemed like recently I've noticed, uh, uh, is it Isan Safar Awan, right? Yeah, we, we uh, call him Isan for some reason, yeah. but it is. Ethan, I think. Ethan, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, he, he seems to, I mean, he's been uh, uh, commenting on his training a lot lately. And yeah. It doesn't seem to make much sense what he's doing. I don't know. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I mean, he is an enigma already. He's, he's probably more well-known in the squash world than a lot of the players. Um, my take on Ethan, a lot of people think that he, he's actually me, but I'm not really that clever. I can't really. <laughs> okay. I don't think that, I'm pretty good on the keyboard, but I don't think I could I could I could do that. But um, my take on it is that he, yes, he is very very keen on squash, and he does do the training that he talks about. Um, he's very dry sense of humour. I think he's kind of um, definitely taking the Mickey out of people when they upset him or when they come on and they're too harsh with him. Yeah, I think yeah. I think that, um, but I think he's I think overall, Jerry, I think. It, it, he, he, he is part of the rich tapestry that is squash stories and I just I don't know I can't imagine it without him to be honest anymore <laughs> oh, exactly well you get I mean you know what he's posting up there isn't out of the realm a possibility for for a, a squash player who's doing their training I mean you saw the one guy from Moncton New Brunswick who posted uh, a question earlier I'm from Nova Scotia which is the neighboring yeah country. And uh, it was something sort of uh, a basic question that, you know, an experienced squash player would sort of be able to answer very quickly, but he, he didn't really have the answers for it. Maybe Isan uh, is uh, uh, in the same way, has just started the game and is trying to get his head around uh, a bit of training, but at yeah. the same time uh, having a bit, a bit of good crack with it as well. I think so, yeah. I, think, I don't think he quite realises because he's not been in squash very long. He, he doesn't know who the sort of legendary players are that, 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 that are actually yeah, on squash. Got me thinking, is it you? <laughs> is what, sorry? Is he, uh, now, now that you've planted that seed that uh, Isan might be someone else, be, meaning you. Uh, it's, no, 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 he's not me. He's definitely, he definitely does exist. Um, okay. What was I saying? Um, yeah, I think I don't think he's aware of, of who he's talking to. So um, it's, it's kind of funny, really, to, to, to see what he, what he has to say and how he yeah. deals with the criticism. But the guy, you know, you can't get him well, down. There are a lot of guys oh. giving him uh, a lot of yeah. uh, prolific uh, players, like, for example, Paul Johnson. Uh, who, sing, yeah. who sang your praises on PSA Squash TV uh, during the event, actually. Uh, uh, really? I didn't hear that. What, he was uh, talking uh, about? Squash stories. He mentioned squash stories. Uh, All right, okay. Commentary. Uh, someone else, uh, Glenn Richmond, I guess the guy's name is. Or is it Glenn? Uh, I mean, PJ, PJ and Joey, everybody knows why I think of PJ and Joey. I think they're absolutely fantastic. And oh, yeah. When I first started watching squash TV, I, I found the commentary was was at least as good as the actual squash. Oh, yeah. um, I just think I just think they're fantastic, and um, yeah, I think I don't know. I, I did hear them mention squash stories once or twice. Somebody told me, and then I started watching it, and we did get quite a lot of mentions, particularly during the um, Channel Vass tournament, which right. was at St George's Hill. 
No, they did mention uh, someone, uh, they, they gave a shout out to someone from the Squash Stories community, someone that they were friends with, and I forget who it was. But, uh, but anyways, what I was saying, though, is that uh, guys like PJ and other uh, famous, uh, maybe perhaps players or coaches, are contributing yeah. to Isan's uh, uh, commentary. But like you said, he's not really maybe aware of who these people uh, are helping him. <laughs> It's unique, but watching it play out is fascinating, you know, it really yeah. is, so there's no, there's no question that I'm going to get rid of him anytime soon. No, no. <laughs> was there a question, uh, I, I, I do remember a while back something happened where there, there was uh, uh, amongst the community people who did want to uh, get rid of him. What, what was that all about? Um, I think it was just when he, when he first came on, I think he kind of got a bit overexcited and he was posting fresh posts every every few minutes which I, I don't know because i usually access it on pc so I, I don't really use facebook on my phone but i think it was getting on the nerves because every time they were getting bleeps wherever they were in the working life they were getting bleeps and when they clicked on it was it was another Ethan post but i think what he he's sussed out now is that he, he can put one post on a day say or one every few days but he can get get it out of his system by commenting below on other people's posts as well. So he's joining in on lots of other things. And the guy's got a really good sense of humor. If you, he's a required taste. It's quite subtle. So, you know, don't give up on him. No, for sure. I, I, I'm enjoying it. I think, was, was he the guy who was posting uh, some footage of him practicing in his backyard or in his living room or something? That, that was it. Yeah, that was the oh. first, the first we all, we all heard of Isham was this, this video. Um, this video make, made an appearance and, and it was this guy and there was like there's some wailing music in the background um, and he was in like a look like a backyard and he was just hitting the ball against the wall and sort of jumping from side to side which was, was quite a tricky movement but not really a squash movement um, and he just you know people didn't know whether it was it was it was a mickey take or whether it was real and i think the truth is kind of somewhere in between if that makes sense yeah no so yeah did, did you see that jerry did you see the video yeah, I, I I didn't watch the whole thing. I didn't. I'll, I'll have to go back and watch it. Uh, but well, I it's do, a classic. I do... It's a modern day classic. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, I'm gonna go back and and uh, in the archives and take a look at that after this. I think so. But um, now he's one of the the regular contributors, and there are many. But uh, amongst the others, um, who are some others that we should uh, look out for? Who uh, um, high regard? Well, I don't really want to miss anyone out. I mean, everybody who contributes, even the people who, who contribute and don't agree with me, um, you know, about a lot of things, everybody's got, got the, the value. Um, obviously, there are, there are some members who've been with us a long time, like Simon Vaughan and Gavin Nutty and John Batty. Um, and I think some of the guys, I don't know if you heard, but when um, the Grasshopper Tournament was on in Switzerland, James actually publicly thanked the Squash Stories team of supporters who went over there. Some of the, I didn't go. Some of the guys went over and apparently they basically created the atmosphere single-handedly. Yeah, when James played, I think he, he lost in the final, I think, or he did quite well, but but yeah, so we we kind of, um, you know, it was great that some of the Squash Stories people went over and, and gave him that support because James is probably held in, you know, the highest regard of any, of any squash player, I would say. He's such a such a great player and oh, such a good sure. ambassador for the sport. Great ambassador for the game, and uh, he's one of the one of the guys you love to watch because he is such a he is, player, he is, yeah. big guy. He he just does everything so well. 
he does. He's um, he's. I love watching James. Certainly one of the one of the, the you know the standout games when a tournament um, he's on. Uh, you know, try and make sure I get I get back. So obviously for Mohammed and Marwan, but with but for James's game as well. But you, I mean, you also uh, you alluded to that earlier as well. You have uh, not only your own cast of characters that, that contribute, but uh, some big names in the game, as we mentioned earlier, Paul Johnson. Yeah. Uh, he's always yeah. uh, up there uh, commenting and you know taking the mickey, like you say, uh, and also uh, uh, giving some, <laughs> making some interesting and uh, insightful comments. Definitely, it's really great when we get people like that. Sort of, you know, uh, okay. um, where were we? Yeah, when the when the when the top guys uh, call in and, and comment, it's absolutely. I mean, that's one of the things that's so unique about squash stories is that we've got these top players coming on. And actually, you know, conversing and swapping messages with 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 the normal members. Yeah. And there'll be a conversation going on. And there'll be I'll be reading a thread, and there'll be sort of arguing the toss about something, who did what, or whatever. And then that actual person will come on mid conversation and put them right, or, or whatever it is to say. But it's just uh, that's probably the thing that you know I get the biggest buzz from. But I mean, we've got we've got some some real top top people on there now, and I just want to want to make sure that we, we keep hold of them really so um yeah keep on visiting yeah for sure i mean i mean the way the, the way the community exists now uh, it's perfect because uh, people people know it's about squash stories people know it can be fun they can learn something it's just it covers all ground without going too far uh, below the belt you know yeah yeah well that's that's obviously an issue with some people and i think Obviously, I the, the content is made up of whatever people contribute. So I do watch it and I delete any any posts that I think are too offensive. Yeah. But obviously, there's there's a big thing at the moment about you know if I post a, a saucy seventy squash playing lady from a cover of a magazine, <laughs> you know, which I like to do there, by there the way. Um, there earlier, uh, I think today. Really, I don't think I posted one today, but um, no, it, 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 yesterday, maybe <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> oh yeah the chopper girl yeah 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 that yeah great yeah. yeah yeah it draws in it, you know it draws in uh, a lot of comments obviously and, and you know i'm a bit embarrassed about some of the really laddy things that, that people say you know i find that a bit embarrassing but i also you know i'm irritated by people claiming that it's you know i'm, I'm a, a sexist monster by posting it you know so i think the not the sort of mid-range people find it okay and you know, it's it's an acceptable, it's fun, and we carry on that way. And it's a natural filter, Jerry, because if people are offended by something like that and they go to another site or the or, or it's too much, then we end up with uh, a membership of people that we we with you know like minded people. So, I, you know, I don't get I don't get too stressed about it when it happens. No, I haven't. I mean, to be honest, I haven't. I mean, I've seen the posts where people have been offended by certain you know, the, those types of things, but nothing's ever uh, below board, really. It's just, uh, you know, yeah. I think you handle it pretty well. You don't get Thanks, offended Gary. by it. Yeah. And, uh, and it is what it is, like we said. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it's a, it's kind of like a snapshot of real life, isn't it, condensed? Yeah. I was just going to say, you know, I mean, all the, all the I kind of delve into the history of squash as much as I possibly can and it throws up all sorts of odd pictures, strange situations that I'd love to know, you know, uh, the history behind some of the images. But 
Um, yeah, we, we go right from the, the very first images of squash up to the present day. So covers everything. And if there happens to be a, a saucy lady in there, then there's a well, saucy I lady. I don't know if you remember the Australian player. She actually, uh, I think she still, she lives here in Dubai or used to live here. Uh, Danielle Drady. I don't know if you remember. Yeah. She was yeah, I wonder what happened uh, her husband, now husband, uh, at the time, he was her manager. And I think one of the things, you know, she was tall and uh, attractive uh, uh, squash player back in the day. Uh, he got her on the cover of a magazine wrapped in cellophane. <laughs> what was the, what uh, was the justification? The uh, but uh, uh, but uh, uh, apparently, I mean, that would be a picture if you could track that down. That would add. Uh, yeah, well, I'll be Googling that as soon as our conversation's yeah. over, Jerry. Watch this space. Yeah. <laughs> and if I can't find it, maybe I'll knock one up using myself. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's a Facebook, her husband's a Facebook friend of mine. I might just ask him for it, but uh, I'm not, yeah, I'm not sure if he'd appreciate uh, that or not. But uh, You've got me interested now, so yeah. we, we, need to, we need to do that. Now, speaking of uh, the ladies on the squash, uh, one, one topic in particular that that sort of uh, drew a little bit, has drawn a bit of uh, controversy uh, is uh, Laura Massero over the, the last few years. She obviously a great player, uh, winner of the, uh, yeah. the two previous uh, PSA Super Series finals in Dubai. She had a tough uh, tournament this time around. She won her first two matches looking like she was yeah. through and then she lost in her third match. But it was interesting because after her second match, I don't know if you saw it, she played uh, – Sarah Jane, the great, yeah, player. yeah, and right at the end, it was getting a bit chippy because it was close, and there were a couple of, I think, Roy Gingell might have been the referee, and he told her to stop to make sure she cleared the ball, and at the end of the match, in her post-match interview, she she was a little bit, uh, she was still in the heat of the moment, I guess, and she took issue with the fact that she has a reputation, yeah. Not clearing. Um, I watched her match. I didn't feel she was overly. I mean, I saw her play throughout the week. I didn't feel there was any anything where she was really intentionally trying not to clear. She could have cleared better, but it wasn't like she was uh, Jan yeah. Khan out there blocking uh, drop shots or anything. Yeah, I mean, I, to be honest, it was quite refreshing to hear what she said at the end. Did you, because, did you, did you hear that? Yeah, I did. Yeah, well, I was I, expecting. I thought, another, was I, was, I thought it was really, I was ex- really good. Yeah. I was expecting another kind of pre-rehearsed um, interview where she sort of remarked how great her opponent had played and whatnot. But yeah, we got we got we got the truth um, of how she felt there, um, and I thought that was good. But I mean, I don't know. I, I think with Laura and Nick Matthew, the way they play, the way they've been coached to play, I think it it, it does beg the question that they sometimes don't move off the ball quite as well as they should do and I think it is an advantage um, to play like that I don't, to be honest I don't know if they know they're doing it or not but it's something that I noticed a long time ago and um, I think Nick really stopped doing it towards the end of his career and he actually played better because of it yeah. but um, I, don't, no, I, don't, I don't know if it's deliberate or not but it is something that I've noticed in the past as everybody knows but yeah great, both great players by the way but um, yeah yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, I, I was really, I mean, like you said, it was refreshing to hear her speak that way at the end. She was obviously in the heat of the moment. I, yeah. Sure, yeah. Uh, if between, if there's, if there's anything between her and Sarah Jane, but they're both uh, big girls and it just seemed to me like there may, may have been no love lost there. I, I don't know if you got that impression. 
Yeah, well, it's, I mean, it must be weird. You know, you know, I can't imagine playing on, on the same team, England team, etc., and then being really fierce rivals on court and then coming off and supporting each other. It's, it's, I think it, it takes a lot of professionalism, and I think they do it pretty well, to be honest. Um, so I'm sure, I'm sure they're friends now. Yeah, but um, on court, you know, it is. It, it's a different, a different thing. They're all fighting for their own, for their own careers. So no, yeah, exactly. that, that's exactly uh, what she. Uh, that that's what she said in the interview. I was that was really impressed. She something to the effect of, uh, you know, we're teammates for two for for a week once uh, once every two years or something like that. Something like that. So uh, yeah, it's pretty weird. Pretty yeah. weird. But uh, I was also really. I think you're a fan as well. I was also very impressed. Uh, with uh, Sarah Jane, she didn't play that well uh, at the Super Series. She played well in patches, I thought, but uh, she she's got a great uh, style of play. Yeah, I mean Sarah Jane is probably my favourite uh, female player. I think she plays so super skillful, and that hold on her forehand is just phenomenal. Yeah, um, she's got great pace variation. I don't, think I, just, a, I don't think there's a girl out there that plays the way she does. You know, no. you've got all the Egyptians, they're, they're sort of shot makers, but she does it so naturally, you know, it's part of her She game. does. Yeah. She definitely, she definitely, she definitely does. And I'm really looking forward to seeing how she gets on this year because it's really only in the last year or so that she's made such a massive stride forward. And um, I really think she's getting very, very close to the top now. And I think she's, she yeah. can still get a lot better. So I think, she would be my tip for the top this this next year, without yeah. a doubt. In the, uh, yeah, she in the can, ladies' game, I mean, another thing too, she she seems to move really well uh, for a girl. That I mean, she I stood next to her. Uh, she's she's looking at me. I'm six two, right? She's she's got to be at almost six foot two. Really, really, yeah. She's she, she at, yeah, she's she's a tall tall lady. Yeah, yeah, I've seen I've seen her um, up at Pontefract, and she she was definitely taller than me. I'm just six foot, so she was, yeah. you know, she's definitely six foot plus. But I mean, she's uh, court movement fantastic these yeah. days. You know, yeah. she's she's superb. So maybe a female James Wistrop. Wistrop. Well, she does have a lot of his uh, characteristics. You know, she's not afraid to to play drops from anywhere, and she attacks. Really, yeah, uh, moves. Uh, she moves very well into the front of the court, and she never looks like she's laboring around uh, in her movement. Squash stories community uh, interested. It's the uh, fantasy squash uh, thing that's going on. Yeah. Um, now uh, I'm not sure where we are in the in the whole thing, but um, one thing that I, I took issue with, uh, maybe you can clarify things. Uh, I, I made my picks for the Egypt England uh, match. I, I these were my picks. I got Rami winning three two, uh, MES winning three one, Shabana winning three one, Harris winning three one, and Willstrip three love. And I, I would ju- I would have thought that if a nickel were inserted uh, in there, <laughs> at all, you guys would have won this three two. Yeah, I mean it's, it was. It, it took a while to just get past that one issue before I could carry on with the with the tournament. Um, I wasn't expecting such a such a backlash, but I mean, I was kind of on the fence about it. I didn't really know the full story, but obviously, I started to Google around and you know work out what had actually happened at the time and whatnot. But I just think, I think the bottom line was it was about fifty fifty as far as the members were concerned, and right. obviously, it's going to make our team stronger. But it's not all about winning, is it, Jerry? Maybe, but um, but um, 
I, I just felt you, know, you guys are desperate to win a World Cup. Well, we are. We are desperate, and we'd we'd love to have won the, the fantasy um, squash world team championship. But you know, we got to we got to look at it. And it, it, what it boiled down to in the end was, you know, it was about fifty fifty. So I didn't know what to do. So I made a decision based on the fact I looked at our fifth player who wouldn't have been in the team if Peter had been in the team. Yeah, and it was James Wilstrop. How could we not have our Commonwealth gold winner in in the team? So it was just as much as you know he was eligible to play for England. I mean, Pete himself, I, I, you know, I'm sure he would he, he wouldn't want to be in the England fantasy team on squash stories. That's <laughs> I'm convinced <laughs> he wouldn't. So I don't think there's a problem. So I was quite happy in the end with with the decision. Right. But uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess the end, the end result has yet to be uh, determined, uh, has it? That's right. Yeah, so, uh, well, I mean, I, I, I submitted my picks. It, it seems to me that, um, yeah, uh, Rami wins that in a close one. Uh, number one for England again was um, J- Jonah? No, it was, um, it was Nick Matthew. Jonah was ineligible with him, with him being Irish, I'm afraid. Right. Jonah would have been our number one, obviously. Yeah, Rami uh, at his best beats everybody. Uh, yeah, M- MES uh, beats just about everybody, and then yeah. as we get a bit, I mean, Shabana's the class is all class. Yeah, Shabana was at two, I think, and he was he was paired against Peter Marshall, and yeah, even though Peter never became world champion, I think people remember how good he was pushing a, a pink Jansha all the way. Yeah. So I think. The more kind of the, the slightly older people remember that that wasn't a foregone conclusion for Shabana, and some people did vote for Peter, including myself. Yeah, yeah. So, but so, we were unsuccessful in the end, Jerry. Yeah, for me, for me, I mean, I knew, obviously I knew uh, Peter, uh, knew his name, and knew, of course, he played with two hands. Yeah. Saw him play a little bit, but I wasn't, uh, I wasn't actually in the UK to see him uh, play uh, uh, live or anything, so I didn't really get to appreciate his level of play. We've all seen Shabana, uh, obviously, and uh, class, uh, classy squash player uh, that he is. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I can just imagine. I mean, I've only heard uh, that Peter Marshall uh, was fantastic. He probably he may have worn down Shabana mentally. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it is. We've got to remember, it's, people get a bit excited, but it is hypothetical. We are just trying to imagine <laughs> what, we think, what we think might have happened. And we're probably all guilty of maybe, maybe, you know, Going edging towards our favourite player rather than you know what 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 our head sort of thinks, but um, I think Peter would definitely have have been at least as good as a Pete Shabana when he was at his best. So I think that could go either way. Yeah, either way. Yeah. But uh, uh, just in my opinion, if you're looking to put the the winning team out there, then then with Nickel, you've got a winning team. You think so? You think they would have edged it with with Nickel? He wouldn't yeah. have beat Ram, would he? Uh, Ram, Rami's going to win every day, and uh, okay. but I'd say England wins that three-two with Nickel. In there. Oh, you're not going to let this go, are you, with Nickel? <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe I did actually, Jerry. I did actually think that, that to sort, you know, putting the rest of the world squad together, in which Nickel would have been um, probably the number one. So maybe look out for that against maybe some of the nations' B teams. Yeah, yeah, that, that that might be worth doing. Or uh, what about a Scott like the Scottish team? You've got uh, uh, Nickel. You've got um, John White, who's not really Scottish. Yeah, I guess he is. Martin Heath. Who else would they yeah. have? Um, who who would be the two remaining uh, to fill the team? 
in Scotland? Well, absolutely. Um, Colin Keith um, right. would have definitely been in there. Um, yeah. Maybe, I don't know, maybe Alan Klein, possibly. Right, right, yeah. No, so not really. Yeah, look on the Scottish. John, John White uh, gives everybody trouble. Yeah, John is John Australian. Well, he, he, he got fun. That, I mean, that, that was one of those things with the Peter Nickel issue, right? He got all this funding. And meanwhile, yeah. uh, Peter got nothing. Or, or is that, that, that's kind of hyperbole, I guess. But uh, Is that because it was at a different time? Was that a different time? Yeah. Right, okay. I, you know, I heard Peter obviously went to England because the funding was better. So I was thinking to myself, well, why would someone go to Scotland if there's no funding? But I guess if it was a different time, maybe they got an injection of cash from somewhere at the time. I don't know. If I was a player, a pro player, obviously, and the funding was better, I would go where... You know where I was looked after, so I've got no, there's no issue with that at all. But especially for yeah. squash players who, you know, they, you know, they eke out a living as it is. So, yeah, sure, of course, absolutely. Now, now, uh, I'm not so well versed on the the other teams in the fan in fantasy squash uh, thing and how far we are in the uh, the tournament. But uh, is Team Pakistan like an update, still alive? Though. Is what sorry? Is uh, Team Pakistan still? Alive. It is, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. the, the, update, the, the update is that Egypt beat England fairly convincingly. Who did? Sorry, Egypt. In, Egypt beat England fairly convincingly, and at oh, the okay. moment, at the moment, we're at the we're at the final stage where we've got um, Egypt playing against Pakistan. Okay. So Pakistan we need to get uh, Jansher or J- I get Jahangir, Jansher, Zaman. Yeah. And then it's Hashim and Azam, right? Right. Okay. Which is which is a really difficult one, obviously, because two legends of the game, uh, but yeah. from a long, long time ago, and it's hard to imagine that they could beat some of today's players. But we have to try. We have awesome. to try and think. You know, if they were born in today's to game, you don't have to look back that far to see how uh, how solid uh, Jancher was. I mean, he he was beating Jonathan Power and Peter Nickel and all those guys. Not long yeah. ago. Absolutely. I mean, Jansher and Jahangir, like I said already, you know, um, I think they were out on their own, and I think they always will be, to be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah. And uh, the only thing I guess we're not sure of is, uh, you know, the quality of Hashim, but we have to, you know, give him uh, his due respect, don't we? We certainly do. I mean, the people who, who sign play and people who – you know, new people who saw him play all say the same thing that you know he was a, a one-off again, and, and probably what some you know some people think he was the greatest player ever to, to play squash. So I have to remember that. But um, at the same time, we've got to crack on with these tournaments. So we, we've got to try and just uh, you know think how how he would have gone on if he'd have been born in today's game and um, get your results in. And that's it, really. Well, I'm Quite like to... the match report as well as well as the score. So yeah. if anybody wants to. Uh, to do that that's great well i'm going to put my results in now it might be a bit premature but uh uh jancher beats rami uh i think just on uh you know uh, it might be three two jahang jahangir goes on beats um the number two was it shabana for egypt? um it, for uh, egypt yeah Shibana's i think it's a, yeah. jahangir beats shabana Z- uh, i'd say zaman Mes, that'll be a close one. Uh, we got to. Well, go. that is one that I just don't even want to 
want yeah. to consider because um, two of my favourite ever players. So I'm yeah, to just yeah. uh, bow out on that one. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's a tough one because I, I mean, I don't know enough to really make an accurate uh, call on that one on, on any of the the remaining matches. To be honest with you, yeah. Uh, the first two uh, go to Pakistan, in my opinion. You're going to try and, and give a view on the other three, though, are you, Jerry? Oh, for sure. Yeah, Zama, I'd have to go with MES uh, against Zaman. Uh, yeah, probably just more of a well-rounded player. He's got maybe maybe a bit stronger, a bit physically stronger. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I'd say Pakistan wins this just out of uh, respect to Hashim. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, if I had to, t- if I had to say, I think Pakistan are going to edge it, but it's all one member's votes, so you know we could see some surprises. So. Uh, if you can get your votes in, everybody, that would make it more... The, the more people vote, obviously, in Tech Park, the more kind of, if it can be accurate, the more accurate it's going to be. Right so, we'll vote for that one. Well, uh, now, I just have uh, just a couple more questions. I know I'm kind of running out of time, but the, uh, the Hubba Bubba uh, T-shirt, I was just wondering, where, where can I get my hands on one of these? Um, I think you need to speak to, I was going to mention him before, um, obviously because he's our, he's our prize man. Alan Percival is the okay. person who deals with all the um, Squash Stories prizes. So I think he's actually had a prototype printed that I saw some pictures of. So I think cut me out of it, Jerry, and speak to, um, and speak to Alan directly and I'm sure we can get, we can get a Hubba Bubba t-shirt to you. Do you, do, you wear, do you wear that proudly when, when you play your Masters matches? I've not actually got one yet. They've only just really? come into being, so um, I'm hoping to get one. And yeah, I would, I would wear it proudly. It was the brainchild of Simon Vaughan, by the way. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, and where, where, uh, where, where, he, had, he, he had the hubba bubba dream, and Alan actually brought it into reality. So it was between them two, really. Right on. Well, um, yeah. Yeah, Jamie, is there any, anything else uh, that we have to look forward to in terms of uh, uh, something, some of the new initiatives on Squash Stories? Or it's just, uh, what I like about Squash Stories anyway is it's, it's organic, right? So I could post something yeah. today that you would have no clue uh, what it was about until you read it, and then boom, it becomes a thing, you know? Yeah, like I said before, I think it just shapes itself. It's kind of surreal sometimes sometimes it's very factual uh, when there's a tournament on obviously a lot of the banter is about the matches etc but then i quite like the off times when we have to kind of come up with some different things so who knows day to day it can change but um yeah it's getting bigger and bigger and um i'm looking forward to seeing how it shapes up this next year i think it's going to be um i think it's probably going to reach ten thousand very soon oh, so we'll see what we- where it goes i think i think it's not just the amount of members it's the fact that it's so active um and the you know the content changes so so quickly it it just keeps it fresh all the time so it's it's um it's good and it'd be great if we could most active uh squash social media page out there i would say i think think so yeah i think so it's it's sort of i'm a photographer and I, i edit thousands of photographs so i have it as a break from editing pictures, I'm sort of got squash stories going on on one side and I'm doing my work on the other. So that's why I'm, I'm kind of on it quite a lot. So you know, there's no, there's no end to, to, to the content and the kind of things that we can, we can come up with. So yeah, the 40 year old crossword was, was one of my favorite things. We, uh, we had people from all over the world, world solving a, a crossword not long ago, which was quite surreal, but yeah. 
Great well, stuff. Um, I'm going to make a point of uh, continuing to uh, contribute, and uh, I'll try to find uh, outside the box ways of doing that myself, uh, alongside yeah. my uh, my weekly uh, podcast contributions. Uh, and uh, uh, Jamie, thanks again for coming on to the podcast, and really, really uh, great job with uh, squash stories. It's great for the squash well, community, and uh, keep up the great work. Thank you very much, Joe. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Cheers, mate. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much, Jamie, for coming on to the podcast. That was a lot of fun. Just like Squash Stories is a lot of fun, and I encourage everyone out there listening, if you haven't uh, been to the Squash Stories uh, page on Facebook, go there and check it out, and I'm sure you'll find uh, something of interest to contribute to. Uh, It is indeed a a great place to go for all uh, squash players and the squash community. So thanks again, Jamie, and uh, really hope to have you on again uh, in the near future. Uh, speaking of the near future, over the next few weeks, we've got some uh, some great podcasts, so uh, please stay tuned for those. And uh, also, everyone, enjoy your own squash. Uh, I hope you're, uh, you're playing well. It's the summer months, but that doesn't mean we, uh, we stop playing altogether. I'm going to go uh, hit the courts uh, later on today, hopefully, so uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, So everyone, yes, enjoy your squash, take care, and uh, stay tuned for upcoming episodes. There'll be another one that drops at the end of this week. Take care. Goodbye now.